0: Everybody loves to hear good news and a true story. Life's Been Different is a podcast that shares people's testimonies, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and how he changes lives. We believe that this podcast will influence you to live life differently by becoming a follower of Jesus as you listen to messages straight from heaven and hear radical stories from everyday people whose lives have been made different by Jesus. So get ready to open your heart and encounter him and go and tell the world why your life's been different. Welcome to the Life's Been Different podcast. My name is Merlo, and I'm so glad you're with us today. If you haven't listened to the message titled Life's Been Different, I would like to encourage you to check it out and share it with as many people as possible, for it is the story of how Jesus radically changed my life and is the Life's Been Different message. Also, we will be releasing a new episode of Every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe and share. This podcast will have three types of episodes. The first will be the simple gospel preached, the second will be messages relating to the promised land or inheriting your place of promise, or in other words, simply receiving all that God has for you. The promised land is a type of salvation and is the title of my first single, Promised Land available on all streaming platforms. In addition to myself, for these first two categories, we have the privilege and the honor of partnering with trusted pastors from my home church, The Rock. I am completely undone at the privilege of sharing alongside these pastors and whom I serve, serve with, and am led by. The third will be testimonies from ordinary people telling the extraordinary story Of how Jesus radically changed their life and why their life's been different. Have you ever heard anyone say, There's no such thing as a dumb question? I had elementary school teachers tell me that all the time. In today's episode, we are going to ask the most important question humanity can ever ask and learn why this question is so important. In hearing this, if you're anything like me, you might ask, not only what the question is, but how can one question alter all of past, present, and future history in which all other questions could flow through? And yes, I'm so glad you asked. Before we come across this question, join me as we listen to an excerpt from Pastor Joel Ervolino's original message titled, Why the Resurrection, first preached at the Rock South County, as he unpacks why this life-changing question is, in fact, the most important question of all time. But before that, I wanted to say, Pastor Joel, words cannot express a proper introduction for the honor that I have for you. Pastor Joel and his wife, Pastor Anna Ervolino, are the pastors in whom I assist in life and in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ at the Rock South County. Pastor Joel is my father in the faith, my pastor, my mentor, my music manager, and the president of Merlot Enterprises. Thank you for discipling me into the man I am today in Christ and teaching me the other side of life. I am so humbled to be preaching alongside you and would have never imagined doing so. Giving you water and carrying your Bible is enough for me. I greatly honor you today, sir. I have given my life to the service of you and Pastor Anna, both in the family and in our beautiful local church. I will continue to show my gratitude for all that you've sown into me over the last three years by the decisions I make and how I live my life. Thank you for unpacking life's been different to me and helping me birth the vision. Now, I want to encourage you all, To lean into this message. And I will come back at the end with a few thoughts.
1: Paul the Apostle in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 17 gives a description of the gospel. He tells about the gospel that he received. Paul the Apostle was the least of the apostles, he told himself. Jesus had 12 disciples that became apostles or pillars or foundational men that established the church. And when one Judas, if you've heard the story, betrayed Jesus for a bag of money. And after Jesus was died and buried and rose again, they chose another that was from them from the beginning, Matthias. And those 12 were the foundation of the church today. And Paul, who was Saul on the road to murdering Christians, which was his job, he was paid to kill people that love Jesus for a living, encountered This Jesus on the road to Damascus. Many of you have maybe heard that story. And the Bible says that Jesus appeared to Saul who became Paul. And told him who he was. And commissioned him with this gospel. And Paul took this gospel which means good news. And spread it throughout the known earth at that time. On boat, on foot, on camel, on horse any way possible by all means spreading the gospel. And he said that he received the gospel first, that Jesus was died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised to new life and that he was seen by Peter and the apostles and by Paul. Paul says in first Corinthians 15, and he goes on explaining to the people, the power and the importance Of Jesus rising from the dead. And in 1 Corinthians 15. 17 from the new King James version. Paul writes and says. And if Christ is not risen. Your faith is futile. That word futile means useless. You are still. In your sins. So the people that Paul were writing to. Some of them didn't believe in the resurrection. Didn't believe that there was life after death. If you go to the mall you go down to the beach and you ask someone that which you probably wouldn't but if you did if you ask someone hey do you believe that there's life after death some would say yes and some would say no some would say no you just cease to exist or some people think r.i.p. that you're resting in peace somewhere somehow and paul was writing to the church of corinth some believed and some didn't and he told them and said if christ has not risen Then your faith, the thing that you believe in, the thing that your life is built on is futile. It's useless. And you are still in your sins. And he gives us a key here that there is a promise with the resurrection. If I talk to you about the resurrection, most of us don't even really understand it. And we have to understand what God did through the power of the resurrection. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was on the cross, he took upon our sins But that's not where the story stops. God, listen, did not raise Jesus from the dead because he was God's son. He rose Jesus from the dead to promise us complete forgiveness and liberty for our future. It says, if you are still in your sins, to be in your sins is the opposite of being in Christ. The same Paul that said you are still in your sins writes about being in Christ so to be in your sins is the opposite of being in Christ. To be in your sins means that you are still bearing the guilt of your sin, that you're still under condemnation, that you're still alienated from God, that you're still unforgiven. That's all the Bible words. But what I would say, if we are still in our sins, then you're held back in life. There's something that's holding holding you down. We used to have a pool. I grew up in Hawaii. I was spoiled. I'll just let you know flat out. I bought my own car, okay? But besides that, I lived a pretty good life. But do you ever play this game in a pool? When you're younger, you get one of those rubber balls, right? And I used to love to do this. I used to surf a lot and free dive. And part of the training for your lungs, now they carry rocks underwater. But before that, you would take a ball and you try to hold it down underwater. Show of hands, you ever do that before? Take a ball, you're just in a bathtub, the, the ball will shoot up. Right? I used to try to do that. I would take just a rubber ball and I'd just use my feet. i try to push it down to the ground of the pool to, to strengthen my lungs, to strengthen my lungs. And that's what the Bible says life is like. Without forgiveness, you're like a rock. You just fall. There's something about you. just You're held back in life. But when you are in Christ and forgiven, that resurrection power happens to you. You're like a ball, even though things can be hard. Or you'll fail at times. and faith challenges, there's something in you that rises that, that wants to pop back up to the surface. And that's what the gospel does. Paul said in that same chapter in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead. He says, hey, if Christ isn't risen, then you are still in your sins. But now Christ is risen from the dead. And he celebrates that. And so I want to talk to you about this promise In the book of Hebrews, this same author, Paul, talks about this resurrection and and what God has done as we kind of break it down a little bit. In Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible talks about in the Old Testament that God was dealing with sin. He had priests, priests that that would kill animals. The Bible actually says they killed goats and bulls to cover sin. So God told Adam and Eve from the beginning, the wages of sin is death. And though they ate the apple, whether you believe that story is true or not, it's true. God says the wages for that is death. And he killed the first animal by giving them coverings. And from that point forward, God established a pattern, um, a shadow, an example of what needed to be done on account of sin. And so in the Old Testament, the Bible says that God would raise up priests in this tabernacle or tent that the presence of God was. And priests would come and offer sacrifices for sins, the blood of bulls and goats. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, it says for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things. And so that was a type and shadow of what Jesus would do, the blood of. Of bulls and goats. And they would offer these sacrifices. To cover the sins of the people. And one time a year. The high priest. Was allowed to go into the inner courts. uh, The inner room. The oval office. So to speak. And offer the blood of bulls and goats. Liberally. One time for the entire camp. Of the people. So they did it daily. And then one time a year. The big gun would come out. And offer just a general offering for the people by sprinkling the Ark of the Covenant, which was like a box. If you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, anyone all know? I love that movie. Indeed. I love that movie. That box, that's a real box, and they would take the blood of bulls and goats. Very strange, very foreign to us, and they would dip a palm leaf in it, and he would shake it on this box, on the mercy seat. And that was symbolic of God covering The sins of the people and the writer of Hebrews, which we believe is Paul, the same guy that says that if we are still in our sins, then it's over. Game. Then your faith is futile. Getting excited and going to church means nothing at all. But Paul says we're not still in our sins because God rose Jesus from the dead. And he did that by making him the sacrifice. We're going somewhere with this. And so in Hebrews chapter 10, the chapter starts out with Paul saying that the sacrifices of bulls and goats, those were just an example of the good thing to come, which we know was Jesus. Listen to what it says in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever. Say forever. For by one sacrifice, he... Has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. For by one sacrifice, He, God, has made you and I perfect. How for how long? Forever those who are being made holy. Notice the perfect forever and being made holy. See, most people misunderstand what it means to be a Christian. Though I'm a pastor, I'm also a businessman and I never tell people what I do as a pastor because then people feel like they need to answer correct me, rec- correctly or they, they talk to me differently. So I just tell me, I go to church. And, but notice the Bible says and what people have a problem with, they think they need to be perfect or holy to be accepted. Notice the Bible says you have already been made perfect for how long? Forever, Forever those who are being perfected. Does that make sense? You're already right. And you're being made right. See, most people think, let me be right, right? And then God, will you receive me as right? God said, ah, that's not the gospel. The gospel is you're already right. And God is making you right. See, you're you're living out who you really are. See, when you understand that you're perfected, that by one sacrifice, God has made you perfect forever. Oh, man. See, it begins to change you. It's different than trying to be right, to be made perfect in God's sight. See, that's religion. That's why so many Christians are like a rock instead of a ball. They're not shooting up. They're staying down. Why? Because they're under the guilt. They're under, they're they're still in their sins, though Christ has already risen. And God says, hey, this morning, this weekend, maybe you've heard this message before. God wants to promise you something, that your sins are completely forgiven. That you are already perfect. Though you don't act perfect. You've been perfected. By one sacrifice forever. By one sacrifice forever. God has made you perfect. And is perfecting you. In this life. That's what sanctification means. God is changing you. So that you become. The real you over time. Not trying to change. For that God to be accepting of you. No God says it's the opposite. The gospel, the good news is that God did for you what you cannot do for yourself. And he did it one time.
0: Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Joel. I remember being in the room that day. Front row, notebook out and on the edge of my seat. You can find more messages from Pastors Anna and Joel Ervolino at the Rock South Counties podcast. Wow, this is so true. If Christ is not risen, then our faith is empty. If there's no resurrection, then there's no Christianity, and everything unfolds into nothingness. We are all still in our sins, and there is no hope for humanity. So what brings us to this point of receiving Christ? Well, many things can cause the human heart to be open. Many things can lead us to the end of ourselves. Many decisions that we make or just our life circumstances. Let's look at a passage in the Bible where the life's been different story is revealed. But first, let's do the Bible declaration. We do this at my home church every week, and it's something that I truly believe to my core. Ready, go. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. And I do open my heart today. And I pray for everyone listening that their hearts will be open too, that the Holy Spirit will speak through me as just a yielded vessel. That's all that I am. To bring forth a word from heaven. In Jesus' name. Turn with me, to Acts chapter 16 verses 20 through 31 as we explore the man who asked the greatest question anyone could ever ask. Today we are going to be reading in the NLT version. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. Well, what Jews? Let me give a little bit of context. Paul and Silas were on a missionary journey in the city of Philippi. Basically, a servant girl had a demon in her and was following them for many days. And the most epic missionary team to ever go out, Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy. Can you imagine being with them and how epic that would have been? The conversations they had? Anyways, she was following them saying, These are servants of the Most High God and they are telling everyone the way to be saved. So Paul got annoyed and rebuked the demon out of the girl and the demon left her. But her masters who made idols to the goddess Diana in the city were making a lot of money off these idols because this demon inside the girl had a fortune telling spirit. So they got hot because this hit them right in their bank accounts. And it's interesting, they didn't care about the girl being delivered all that they cared about was how much money they were going to lose now that this demon had left the girl because she was kind of like the hope for their profit. So they literally had a riot, literally dragged Paul and Silas, had an unofficial trial, beat them with rods, then threw them into prison. And thus the story picks up where we started reading. So they shouted to the city officials, They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice and the mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of all the prisoners fell off. And the jailer woke up, seeing the prison doors wide open, assumed that the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Wow. Now let's look at the key character in this true story. The jailer's identity was that all he had going for him was that he had a commission from Rome. All that he had was a job. At least Rome trusted him to watch the prisoners. In those days, if you weren't a soldier or commissioned from Rome to do something, you were a peasant. This damp, rotten, dark, and dingy jail was all his life revolved around. That's what they thought of him. Imagine the smell and the lack of light. Prisoners were left to sleep in their own damp filth and feces. It says in verse 24 that when he received the order, he put them in the inner cell. Solitary confinement. He didn't care about Paul and Silas. All he knew was that he got put in charge of public enemy number one and he was not going to let anything happen to them. This shows that he took this seriously. These men were not going to get out on his watch. Now, we all subconsciously find our identity in something. For me, it was being a rapper. My life revolved around it. It was all I thought about. The culture of hip hop consumed me. The dark nightclubs and the secret life of darkness in the music industry was like this jail cell for me. I was stuck in its stocks and with no way out. I was making music and though playing massive shows, making songs with, and hanging out with all my favorite celebrities, I was saying things and was a part of a lifestyle that was all just a figment of my imagination. Fame, attention, lust, drugs, and money. The celebrity lifestyle of the rich and famous became my pursuit. The issue at heart was identity. I didn't know who I was, and that's why I was attaching myself to what I thought I wanted. Listen, you can only find your identity in Christ. The day will come when it will all unfold, and we will be forced on what to do next. We will all be forced to make a decision. Some people will decide to go on to the next thing buying things for themselves to fill a void, having empty relationships, broken marriages, masking it in work, busyness, culture, a hobby, and things in which we create our identity. So many people are looking to the world for who they are. But it's not that you need to find out who you are in life. You need to find and understand who you are in Christ. Jesus said, the Father is in me and I am in him. Therefore, abide in me, and I will be in you. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ, and this is the absolute truth. Jesus Christ is all and in all. He's the word of the Lord, the word made flesh, the God walking in the garden seeking his friends, the image of the invisible God, and in him dwells the fullness of God. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form, He's the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God. He is before all things, and in Him, all things consist. He is God, who was, and is, and is to come, from eternity past, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Prince of Peace, Almighty Creator God, the Lord of Glory, the King of the World, The Lord of Lords and the Lord of Hosts. Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The visible image of the invisible God, who is Himself God. And like Jesus, who is alive today and is also the Word made flesh, the Bible is alive and active today. That's why your testimony and my testimony is found in this passage. So, At midnight, the jailer's world was shaken. The worst thing that could have ever happened, happened. And like most, he was about to take drastic measures. He was ready to kill himself. In those times, if you failed your order, you would be executed by Rome and bring shame to your family name. The jail was shaken. The prisoners were free. And the jailer had failed. Maybe you feel like your world is shaken. You don't know what to do or who to turn to, but you know it's time to make a change. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired enough to do something about it. You're ready for your life to be radically changed. Maybe you've heard of Jesus. Maybe you've wanted to, but never fully gave him a chance. Or maybe you did give him a chance once, but your commitment didn't match his. Maybe you're like me and you grew up associated with Jesus, but you never fully got to know him because you didn't spend time with him. Maybe this is your first time hearing the gospel, but everyone, like us, have this question longing inside of us. The whole world is in search of what's next. Magazines, books, TV shows of the end of the age. Everyone is trying to find out what happens. Is there life after death? There has to be more. What's the purpose of life and what's my purpose in life? Is there more? Is there something else? And thus the most important question of all of humanity that anyone could ever ask is brought forth. What must I do to be saved? Notice he didn't ask, why am I here and how did this happen? He asked what must I do to move forward? Totally the end. At the end of it all, he came to himself and asked the greatest question and the only answer in all of the world came. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This is why I had a start today with Pastor Joel's message. Because if we don't understand what Jesus did, then we don't understand what to believe in Jesus for. Like Paul and Silas, I found myself in jail. And like the jailer, I thought I was in control of my music career, which for me was my jail. And I found myself in a real physical jail, alone in a cold, dark cell in Texas. And all I could do was come to God. So I found myself praising him and the question came forth, Lord, what must I do to change? My world had crashed. My image had been shaken. I didn't know who I was. My identity was unraveling. I wasn't ready to take my physical life. I never had suicidal thoughts, but I was ready to kill the person who I thought I was in order to become who I was always created to be. If you're hearing this today, and you have suicidal thoughts and you feel like your world is shaking and it's the end of the road for you and your only option in your mind is to kill yourself, then hear the words from the great apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit in the Bible, tell you, don't do it. We are all here for you. Turn to Jesus and ask him, what must I do to be saved? Listen, Taking your life isn't the answer. Giving your life to Jesus that you may truly live through his death is. And you are raised to new life and in him you can truly be alive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And only through me can anyone get to the Father. Without the resurrection, there is nothing to hope for. Without new creation, there is no reason to exist, no reason to have faith, no Christianity. Later in the message from Pastor Joel, he said something that made me scratch my head at first, and it's this, Jesus dying on the cross did not forgive you of your sins. That's where all your sins went, down into the grave with him. No, Jesus rising from the dead is what forgives you of your sins. The resurrection is our divine receipt. Without the resurrection, you're still in your sins. So why the resurrection? Simply this. If Jesus Christ did not arise from the dead and is not alive today, then you're still in your sins. If he didn't, then there's no need to have faith in anything at all. But he did rise. The tomb is empty and you can be found in him. Because the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know yourself. Because you can't meet Jesus face to face and stay the same. Everything changes from within, inside out. It's an inside out work. You begin to unlearn your old self and get to know your true self. You start to unbecome who you thought you were and become who you were always created to be. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, works that He prepared beforehand that you may walk in them. So what must I do to be saved? Believe in the good news that saves you. Jesus Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day and is alive today and seated at the right hand of the Father and has been given the name above every name in which every knee will bow. If you confess with your mouth, openly declare and decide in your mind to make Jesus Christ the Lord of the rest of your life and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by his grace and your faith And believing that Jesus is God and was raised from the dead to take away your sins, that you are saved. And it's not of yourself. It's nothing you can do. It's not of works, lest you start to boast. And if you believe, then now you are born again. You're the righteousness of God in Him. You're a child of God. You're free, clean, holy, worthy, wanted, and chosen. You have been made right with God. Imagine that. You are right with God. You're who He came to be with. You're who He gave His life for. And neither death nor life, nor people or circumstances, or anything that has happened to you, or anything that will happen to you, no height or depth, or anything created will be able to separate you from His love. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold... All things have become new. Everything from this moment forward is new. And everything from one minute ago is dead and gone. So what becomes new? Immediately when you receive Jesus, and oh how I pray in the name of Jesus that today you receive him, you become what's called born again or born from above. Your spirit goes from being dead to being alive, detached from God, to attached to God, from outside of the family to inside of the family, apart from Jesus to in Christ Jesus, in Him and you. It's amazing. A new creation, a fresh start, born again. Behold, see it this way. Take hold of this, grasp and understand it. Let it sink deep into your mind and your heart. You have been made new, I had been made new. I had come to a decision, and life's been different ever since. For though you were once distant from Him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, He reconnected you back to Himself and released His supernatural peace through the sacrifice of His own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in His presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God for He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Listen, your response is your responsibility. And what is the response? The response is to repent, or in other words, turn around and go the opposite direction. Confess your sins, admit your wrongs, and believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says in Luke 3.8 in the Passion Translation, Turn away from your sins, turn to God, and prove it by a changed life. Turn to Jesus. This is what you must do to be saved. If you believe this, and like the jailer, your world has been earthquaked and you simply ask, what must I do to be saved? Then today I tell you, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Find a local church. Jump into OSL Online, the online discipleship program from Solid Lives. It's free and located on lifesbeendifferent.com. Listen, I know that I know that I know the day I met the creator of the universe face-to-face. I know the day I got saved and the day I truly repented the day I met Jesus, because my life's been different ever since. Jesus is real. Jesus loves you, and he's waiting with open arms to accept you. If you indeed continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I, Merlo, have become a servant, then like for me that day, today is your day, the day of salvation. The day you ask, what must I do to be saved? And the day you receive your answer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're one decision away. Or maybe you're ready to finally make your all-in commitment. Decide and begin to live life differently by becoming a follower of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Life's Been Different podcast. For more information on Life's Been Different, our clothing and resources, Music by Merlot, or OSL, the online discipleship course by Solid Lives. visit lifespindifferent.com Hey, if you haven't received Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior, we would like to give you the opportunity right here, right now. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I confess that Jesus is Lord, and believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead and is alive today. Forgive me of my sins. Make me completely clean. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, and help me become the person you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the kingdom. Jesus is real. Turn from your sin, turn to him, and go and tell the world why your life's been different.